and you didn't have any money when you're little. You you like you'd bought your can of coke. You didn't have any money for just like like if if I lost my favourite DVD now, or if I taped over my Akira now, I'd just order another one off the internet. It cost me next to nothing, and yeah. it'd be really easy to get. But it wasn't the same then. Hello, I'm Dave. I'm the guy that's putting all this stuff together. I need to get better. Please make me better. I want to get better, better, better acquainted with you. Today we are getting better acquainted with Steve. Hello Steve. Hello. How did you meet me? We went to school together from when we were about seven or eight until we were about 13 or 14 and then we've been mates since on and off. Yeah, we were in different classes I think. To begin think, with, I think. At first at school we were in different classes, yeah, in little school. Yeah. We used to hang around together at playtime on breaks. But I think towards the end we were in the same class. Last year of primary school we were in was the same class. Was it just the one year, was it? I think so. I remember doing a lot of writing that year. What do you do now? I work in economic development for Coventry City Council, which I'm sure you is more interesting than it sounds. <laughs> it sounds like something that you do just for a day job, but I do actually genuinely enjoy it and think it's important and work quite hard at it. So today we thought, I, we were talking about it before and we, were, we thought we'd cover our, I guess our relationship, you could call it, our friendship. Yeah. What it was and how it ended up. Do you remember why we started talking to each other or anything like that? I mean, yeah, I think I do. You probably joined our little school, I'd like to say when we were about seven or eight, I think, and um, you used to do things because you'd come from a different school and you're probably from a bit of a different background to most of the people that went to our school and you used to do things like try and bring a book out for playtime and the din ladies didn't like it so <laughs> you, were, you were the new kid that got upset when the din lady said you can't bring a book out at playtime and you didn't understand it you thought because they they thought the book was just like a toy so the kids that wanted to bring toys out obviously they weren't allowed and the din lady saw the book as just like another toy that you weren't allowed, but you just wanted to read on your own. And you, you were quite annoyed that they had the nerve to um, to ask you to take the book back in. That's probably the first time I remember coming across you. And then I think we started talking, I remember being about seven or eight and making up rude versions of nursery rhymes. Okay. So just taking like, taking Bar Bar Black Sheep and putting swear words into it or something ridiculous wow and I remember falling over the, the pair of us falling over laughing and um, I think we spent pretty much all our break times together after that because um, what I, I don't remember I don't remember that that's interesting it's funny what you remember what you don't remember mm. what I remember is there were some cracks in the playground yeah. that looked like devils oh yeah do you remember that yeah I do now <laughs> and, and we had this sort of ongoing kind of story that we were, I guess, telling each other about mm. the yeah. Satan coming through the yeah. playground. Yeah. And uh, we involved a few. I think there was a few other kids got involved with yeah. it by the end. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, I never knew. I, I, I'm not sure if I believed it or not. I can't. I don't know if I knew it was a fantasy or if I. If I, I don't know now. I'm fairly certain I knew it was a fantasy. I'm sure you did, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that's what I remember it was first was, and we were just walking around that part yeah, of the playground. It was three cracks that ran sort of parallel, like yeah. that. And um, it was tree roots. But we made it into something a bit, quite a bit more exciting. That's right. Because, well, I think it, the cracks were getting, getting worse because yeah. of the fact that the tree roots were pushing the cracks yeah. up. Yeah, yeah. So that's a, I mean I, that's what I remember first knowing knowing you for, and then we yeah. ended up getting put in the same class. Yeah, we did, Miss Miller's class. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because but yeah, the year before we were in different ones, I think. Yeah, I think I I think that we must have been to primary school together for two or three years. Yeah. And the last year we were in the same class together. And then we hung out all the time, pretty much. Yeah. Because I spent a lot of a uh, lot of time in your uh, in your house as well after yeah. school. Yeah. Because uh, and what we were mainly doing that year in school was they had like a what was it what was it called? It's called private writing. I think it was called. Was it? And 
you had to choose a thing, didn't you? You, you could do different. You could just. I, I think it was called private writing because there was. You had to do the set bits of schoolwork. So you had to write. I don't know what I get, where I'm going on holiday this year, and you had to write a poem about nature or something, and that was the set stuff. But then you had this block called private writing, which was supposed to be two hours a week where you could write whatever you wanted so it was creative writing you could do whatever you wanted and everybody quite liked private writing because you could do what you wanted really but we got to the point where we would clear the schoolwork that you had to do by about Tuesday afternoon and the rest of the week yeah. was completely devoted to private writing yeah, yeah, yeah. which was banging out reams and reams and reams of paper about it was it was just like it was our half-baked Lord of the Rings rip-off. It was both, a complete Lord of the Rings yeah, rip-off, yeah, yeah. Have, having both read The Hobbit and both read Lord of the Rings, we set about churning out reams and reams and reams of paper of our own version of these things. Yeah, so I mean... Quite a lot of drawings as well. Loads of drawings, loads of writing. I think we you had to choose a different thing, didn't you? You could do, like, for your... So you could do a board game or you could do, like, a brochure or you could do yeah. whatever. And I think ours technically was a map yeah, it started off as a map, that was a, but I think it got extended quite. And a it was a, a, it was one of those it was a ridiculous map because it was all in it one 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 was line. It? It, yeah, so it was one one page uh, and then the, followed back. on to the next page. Yeah. And we never did the up axis. We only ever did. <laughs> yeah, we only only ever were travelling horizontal along this along yeah. this world. We were. Was it, it was called Cinder. Cinder. S i n d e r. You came up with a name. I didn't particularly like it. It's not a great name. No. Well, I thought that I didn't have a problem with the name of Cinder, but I always thought that if it was going to be Cinder, it would have to be S i n d a. But by the time I got involved, you already come up with the name, and I didn't really see the point in upsetting you by saying that I wanted to change it because it was just a name and it. It served reasonably well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I would have had an A at the end of it. That would have been. The other thing I didn't like about it was that it's a synonym of a real word, cinder, like you're having a fire. Oh and yeah. I, I thought that it would have been better to have chosen something that was just not a word really, and I'd have spelt it differently. But I never. It wasn't a big, a big deal. It, it did its job because we were bro- we started off it was based around the Lord of the Rings right yeah. <clears throat> and then I think you were reading Michael Moorcock I probably was and so lots of Michael Moorcock ideas came in yeah I was reading the Silmarillion and all of that mm. that stuff so I did a lot more t- Tolkien ripoff and I think I also was reading um, Terry Brooks and David Eddings who were also <laughs> fantasy writers so they all that was all getting in yeah, the other thing that we did, we were both reading at the time, was if you collected Citadel miniatures. Yeah. There's White Dwarf magazine, which was the, it was the like the house magazine for Games Workshop. That's right. Used to try and sell you miniatures. Because so I remember a few things in there that we'd nicked out of we, Games yeah. Workshop magazine. Because well, you 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 were mostly into Warhammer Forty Thousand, though. Really? I was, but I liked, I liked the other stuff well enough to yeah. look at the pictures in White Dwarf. And obviously, because this thing that we were writing was fantasy-based, I was yeah. I was reasonably interested. But yeah, you know, I was definitely I definitely preferred forty thousand. Forty thousand is just the same though. It's just set it's in the future. Just, it is identical. It just has like ultramarines are just knights, really. Yeah, yeah, they're easy to paint as well. Yeah, well, that's because that's what I was into it for. I was into it for the painting, really. I never. Yeah. I remember us trying to play a few games, but it's I never too really. Hard so boring as well like I, I wanted to have fighting like actual fighting I wanted to be like I didn't find it boring what was difficult about it was it needed a third person you needed a referee yeah it, they called it a games master and I knew people who had reasonably big collections of figures and I knew people who had a small collection of figures but you, you could get away without the figures you just used to make a little cardboard counter and get away with it but I could never get three people that were into it that together for four or five hours where one person was happy to just be the referee. Yeah. You used to just have to sort of agree between you who had won, you know. If there was an argument, you just have to agree between you. It never quite worked. Well, I'm not, I just don't... I'm not very good with rules as well. Like, mm. I get annoyed about them. Like, I remember... Because I, I made a whole Blood Bowl team. Blood Bowl is like a yeah. American football. I completely but, forgotten about that. Yeah, and I made it out of skeletons. I had this big skeleton war, Warhammer set, and I made made them all with like those horse rib cages for their art like their like American football stuff yeah. and I was like this is brilliant and then yeah. I found out that like skeletons are the weakest 
fucking thing you can have. Yeah. So that was the rubbishest team ever, really. And I was always a bit annoyed that I couldn't just say, well, they should be really strong. Yeah. You had to like conform to the statistics yeah. that were set. I, I never had bloodbath. Blood Bowl. It was blood Bowl. No, I knew of its existence, but I never had an access to the rules or anything. The other one, there was Warhammer, Warhammer 40,000. There was Blood Bowl, and then there was one about ships as well that they tried. So that would have been when we were a bit older at the secondary school. They tried to introduce one about ships, and I can't remember the name of that. Oh, right. That was poorly conceived. And then there was Epic Warhammer, where the, the scale of the battle was much bigger. So if you had, say in Warhammer or Warhammer 40,000, you had a squad, it would be about a foot wide, you know, so each character is about an inch high and if you had a whole squadron of them that would be like a, a square about a foot wide the whole thing was scaled up so that the same thing would have been about an inch wide and then you had these enormous war machines and robots and things that was Warhammer Epic or Warhammer 4 it's all still going today yeah it is yeah I mean I I only really paint I, I never really got into it apart from the painting really but I uh, mm. no I don't think we ever actually played the game I, yeah I think maybe once but we tried I remember setting up all the pieces for ages. I think that was the thing. We like once you've set the pieces up, <laughs> you've already lost you a couple of hours of your night, and then you have to go yeah. in. Yeah. The other thing we did was we played a lot of computer games. Yeah, that's true. At your house, I know you were like the. I always had your consoles. You sold me your old consoles every really? time you upgraded. So the first computer uh, I had, like I had a Spectrum when you had a Master System, yeah, and then you got system. went up to the Mega Drive, and I bought your Master System. Oh, did I give system. you the Master System? And then I bought your Mega Drive eventually as well. Really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I've, still, I've, still got, I've still got your Mega Drive. Really? Yeah, I've still got your Mega Drive, and my main my main guitar is your electric oh, guitar. That you yeah, gave I definitely me, remember giving you that guitar. Gave me eight years later. Yeah. That in those days we just used to pretty much hang out at your house most of the time and then yeah. we used to play out yeah I've got really vivid memories of being in your back garden setting fire to things yeah well for some reason my mum would tolerate me starting fires in the back garden so I've never had a, <laughs> she never really had a big she didn't particularly like it but my mum never really had an issue with me setting fire to things in the garden well you we used to get away with it you were safe you were uh, well yeah safe. we never started a big fire just burnt a few things and in a safe way like nothing bigger than a newspaper and yeah it was good sort of not like it but tolerate it yeah and we played out a bit didn't we various mm. places yeah do you remember it was out about that, that time wasn't it the Stephen King yeah I think they did, did it they show it on TV did it go straight to TV the film I think so or are you talking about the book no the film the, I'm yeah, talking about the TV the book had been around for a while the, the two-parter yeah and it was big news I've never seen it and I only I, ever read the book I still only ever have you only read the book yeah I remember it was a big deal though when we were teenagers a few years later mm. do you remember like when we used to play down the river yeah and like, I remember like us lined up there were some other people there probably mm. Daniel Jones or someone and like we were like the the wind was moving the yeah. trees and like we were again make believing that it was some sinister force similar to it <laughs> or our yeah. previous Satan thing yeah. that was moving the trees. That's, that first bit of it is where the, um, the I've read the book now. Oh uh, yeah, see I've, I've read the book at the time and not since but that first bit where he's looking for his paper boat and he gets they, the thing tries to pull him into the drain and pulls him and put his arm off, that's really quite nasty. I haven't read, because I read a lot of Stephen King books when I was really quite young, and I'm not sure I'd bother to read them now, it sounds like I'd find it quite rubbish now, I don't know. But I, I, that's funny, because I read them when I was older, and I liked them when I was Yeah, old. well I'm not saying, but well, how old were you when you read them? Recently. Though? Right, yeah, okay. Well, you see, ago. I might be, I might just have, I might just be looking down on because it's something I read when I was quite young, I mean, yeah. I probably read it when I was about... 10 or 11 I read a lot of books when I was really quite yeah, long I read all the James Bond books every single James Bond book I read went long. from the ages of 7 and 8 and 9 I read all every single James Bond book and all stuff like that and Arthur Haley as well have you ever heard of Arthur Haley the guy that wrote have you seen the film Airport uh, I've seen the film Airport yeah he, I think that's his his film and he, he used to write these big sort of they were blockbusters designed to shift tons and tons of paperbacks and you would pick like an American industry like the automobile industry or the air industry in America and you'd research it and then write a big lot I think they were specifically designed to shift paperbacks by the ton and I read loads of them and um, yeah I read a lot of stuff I mean I'm not saying it's the most challenging stuff but for when you're 10 I read loads of lot 
seeing things like that. And when Akira came out when we were in secondary school as well, I remember walking around you telling me all about the comics of Akira. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure. I th- I actually think Akira was released in the late 80s. I think it was released while we were still at little school. I think it just filmed. The film came film. on the telly. Yeah, the film That's came right. on the telly. Oh, I taped over it. I taped it off the TV because my brother tipped me off and told me to take and I taped over it. I cried so oh, much. Gosh. Oh, no, sorry. That's I was right. supposed to have turned I'll, uh, I'll pause it. So we're in a, a, a cafe, outside a cafe in Islington, in London, where we've met up. That's why you can hear things in the background. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember travelling down the river on polystyrene boats? I certainly do. That was well cool. It was really good. It's one of the only things that I've done. That, you know when you think of things that boys do yeah. that you'd write in a story, like a, a book about what boys do? And you know, it seems when you talk to other people, they've got you know hundreds of stories of these scrapes, but I only ever had one really good one, and that was floating down the river salmon polystyrene boats. Yeah. That was really good. Do you remember though the first? Because we had two. Yeah. But the one you jumped on the big flat one, and I jumped on the one that was a bit rounder, yeah. Yeah, and no. it just went. And you went right over. <laughs> right I remember over you went right underneath yeah. the water and back yeah. up again. Yeah. That was good. And um, I was a bit shocked at getting all wet, but then afterwards I realised that once you've been in the river, it don't really doesn't matter. matter. No, you're fine then because you think, well, if I'm coming again. Because the thing about that was, I'd we'd see, I'd seen those polystyrene boats floating down that river in the few, in in the past. Like we'd been planning it for some and, time, hadn't we? And just we had, they happened to come up to where we were. Yeah. Because I'd seen them like, because I my my dad used to live in Stoke Aldermore, so I seen yeah. them right down that river all the way down. Yeah. Where the hell did they come from? Do you reckon? I reckon if you follow that river back in the the opposite direction to it flows, you get to Wallsgrave, and at Wallsgrave there's an Asda store. <laughs> And a few of the places like that, a few of the factories and things. But my personal bet is that the, the Asda store has been rebuilt now. In fact, I think it might be a Tesco now, but at the time it was an Asda. And um, I'm pretty certain that the river would have run almost past the back of their warehousing area. And I reckon it just got tossed over the fence in the warehouse and then ended up in the river. Or even nicked from the warehouse so that someone else could ride on the river on it. That's right. Because we, we travelled a little way down the river. Yeah. And then we had, and then, do you remember what happened at the end of it? Of course I do. It was the lad, oh, do, I do remember his name. Graham. Graham, I do remember his second name, or is it, is it best not to Let's say? Let's not say it. I, I do remember his second name, I'll tell, I'll tell you off, off mic. Um, yeah, I do remember, so you, we, I think the two of us, was, was Danny there as well? I don't know, another kid might have been with us, I yeah. think Danny was there, so I think it was me and you and Danny. Um, so we were on the, the the one that actually functioned as a boat and we got down towards the school playing fields on it and your dad's army service yeah, knife yeah. was jabbed into the polystyrene which was it looked pretty cool it did look cool <laughs> <laughs> that's what must have been, really must have been why i did it but it was a stupid idea um so uh, and then i can't remember exactly what happened i think we got a bit worried that that we were getting into a bit where the river was slightly wider and slightly faster and where it goes through to Stoke Oldenmore. Yeah. And we decided for whatever reason that we weren't happy about being on the boat and we were going to jump off. So we jumped off onto the bank. Pulled up the polystyrene up onto the bank too after us, I think. Did we? Yeah. Oh, okay. He, anyway, go on. And then I think, I well, what well, I, I seem to remember, we jumped off the boat, but then we realised that the knife was still in stuck into the, the polystyrene. And then neither of us... I come to think of, I don't think Danny was there. Or I think me and you Must and him with the three kids. Yeah. Neither of us was brave enough to wade back out into the river to get the knife. But this lad who was a bit tougher and a bit cooler than us was like, oh yeah, I'll, let's go and get the boat. So we waded back out and grabbed the boat. But then he saw the knife and he just thought, I don't care about the boat. And he just pulled the knife out of the boat and punted the, um, the boat out into the river, into the fastest bit of the stream and it disappeared. And then we were left there <laughs> talking to this lad trying to persuade him to give us the knife back he was threatening us with the knife wasn't he uh, so we yeah. couldn't go near him yeah because the way i remember it is i remember that we pulled the boats to the bank mm. and he grabbed the knife yeah and then he booted the bo- booted them he away definitely did that Fucking. and uh and then he was threatening us and i was like i just wanted the knife back because it was my dad's knife yeah it was your dad's army service knife wasn't it yeah i think so i was it was nice that it's a stanley knife um 
I don't think it was a Stanley knife. Well, not a Stanley knife. A Stanley knife word, is quite a boring knife. Yeah, yeah. used to open a box. It was. It was a. It was, it was a, a pen knife. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah, it was a pen a, knife. A, but it. But it was a good quality one. Yeah, with yeah. A Sort of. It's quite. Quite. Um, that wooden-y. Yeah, it had yeah. a nice wooden handle and quite a big blade. And if you'd have been, if you were a bit older and you got caught carrying it by the police, they'd have taken off your treat. It would, would. Would clearly have had it taken off you and probably would have cautioned you for it as well. But we were young enough that. We'd have got away with it at the time. Because I don't know what I, I like. I thought like we agreed that he would run off to the side of the. Oh, there was some. Yeah. He was going to go to the edge because he would. He didn't want to give us a knife because he thought we'd beat him up, which, which is ridiculous. Is not very accurate for what we would have done. And I was like, well, I want it back because it's my dad's. Just leave. Put it in the grass at the end of the field. But yeah. he never did it. No, I think what happened was he decided there was no way that he was he was giving back this knife because it's far too cool and far too good a find. Yeah. And he He's like the bad kid in school, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. And he he concocted some situation where it like had to be a big truce and he couldn't give it to us because we might attack him. But really all he wanted to do was engineer a situation where he could get away from us. And then afterwards we used to see him in school and he'd say, No, I left it on the side for you to find, I left it yeah, like he was, he was just lying, he just wanted it was just the coolest <laughs> thing that he'd seen all day and he just wanted to nick it. So uh, yeah, I'm sorry that you never got your dad's knife. No, it's alright, it's not your fault. I think it kind of adds to the story anyway. It yeah. makes it like, like you say, like like something out of the stuff the kids used to do in yeah. in it, or yeah. uh, or like yeah, people have. I mean, I, I don't know. There was a couple of things I remember from our time together that I thought we were a little bit like those kind of things. Do you remember when we found that bird in the bushes, tied up with fishing fishing twine? Vaguely. And we like spent ages trying to get the bird out of the out of the fishing twine and let it go. No, I don't like, Maybe that. I wasn't with you. I remember being with you, but maybe I, maybe I wasn't with you. I, I think I'd remember that a lot better than I do. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. I remember something vague about a bird and a fishing twine, but I think you may have told me about it. I may have told you, so I wasn't with you. Okay. I'm pretty sure I'd remember that more than I do. Well, I remember, yeah, I remember it really vividly, so I think if you'd have been there, you'd have probably would have probably remembered you it. Probably done it Yeah, it probably was, actually, because it was down down his area, actually. Were you there when with the when we made what I thought was a very well-designed thing for clearing nettles out of the way, but was actually a brutal, lethal weapon? Like, it was a stick with a piece of string and then a Coke bottle... Remember the old ring pulls before? Oh yeah. The, it was an old school ring pull, so it was like a brute, like really sharp thing, and it was tied at the yeah. end. I was clear. It was down the secondary school, like you know that little where the where the Big Dipper was, the yeah. to ride the, the bike. Bommel. Bommel. That's what it's called. Yeah, yeah. Bommel. And it, I was there with some kids, and I think you were there. Mm. We were clearing the let nettles with these, this this thing that I designed, and then I hit like, one of the kids in the chest, <laughs> and he doubled over and he fell on the floor. And I thought I'd killed him. I thought, fuck, this is this is it. This is my life over. Oh, I don't remember. And that he was he was fine, thing. but then I destroyed the whip thing, and uh, yeah. like, I was like, oh my god, I'm never desi- I'm never designing a tool again. It can be used as a weapon. <laughs> I'm not I'm not convinced I was there. You weren't there either. I'm not convinced. Could have been. You might have been. It's hard to say. Did you go down to the stone fights? The stone fights? What was that thing that was behind the school? It was like a gravel... People used to ride their bikes and that around it. It was like gravel and it had been worn down. Like behind the tennis courts in school. Secondary school. I would have said the bomb hole, but it doesn't sound like you're talking about the same thing. Hang on, is that the bomb hole? What's the, right? So you've got the tennis courts, and then there's a field behind the tennis yeah. courts. There's a big hole in oh, the that. Is, so that was the bomb hole. Yeah. That's where the stone fights happened. Oh, Were okay. you there for any of them? No. No, I don't think so. No. I think yeah. I think, I think yeah. I think I was allowed out a little bit more than you. you probably, were, probably. I probably spent all the time that I was out with you, but then I probably had to go back. You probably stayed out. Stayed out later. Yeah. Yeah. No. The, the the place where we were clearing the uh, clearing the nettles was the. You know, there was a pond in the school. Oh, the moat around the front. The moat, that's right, the moat. Yeah, and then there was a moat, and that's where, the, that's where the big dipper was, where you rode your bike oh, down. That, that. It was fucking brutal. Yeah. The reason I don't remember that as well as you do is because <laughs> not long after you left the school, that area was completely cordoned. You know, the, the sort of grey, spiky fences that just cover everything. Yeah, yeah. The back of train stations, the back of schools, just everything. Probably the year that you left, that's that got um, blocked off. So we it sort of just got forgotten about because you just couldn't get anywhere near it. Just, it just, you can't get in there now at all. 
which is a bit of a shame because that pink tickle was pretty good. I only ever had the nerve to roll it once. No, I never did it. And the, the other sort of the only other semi-adventurous thing I remember was when I fell in the pond. Yeah, I was off school ill. Were day. you off school? I was off school ill. I, the reason I know that is because I remember you coming round afterwards after school and everyone else. You came to knock on the door at school finishing time with probably with Danny, um, but you weren't wearing your school uniform because you'd been home to get changed and then you come back out again. So it was unusual. So obviously I knew straight away as soon as you knocked the door why, you know, why you not got your school uniform. Yeah. It's because you'd fallen in the pond. I thought I was with you because I remember like trying to get a fifty pence or something. I thought I was. Oh, with that's you what I thought happened. No, but I don't think I was there. Um, I'm pretty sure I was off school sick and oh, I missed wow. it. That's interesting. Yeah. Do you were you there when the kid? that I've called John Cole in the first episode of this mm. series who may or may not have been called John was. Cole was he called John Cole? 100% good I was getting confused because I, I thought there was a John Cole in my sec second secondary school and I thought it I'd combine the names no he definitely he was, was definitely called John Cole I don't mind using his name because he was a cock but, uh, fair enough he ended up going on this morning you know and they have a lot and now we've got a shocking interview on this morning it's before Jeremy Cole but it was sort of the front runner went to that, that sort of thing when they started to want to put tramp people on telly because it was amusing so it was this morning or the equivalent on ITV and they had and now we've got a shocking interview with this lad and he went on because he'd been kicked out of school or something so yeah, I imagine. he got invited onto this morning and he went on this morning claiming to be the hardest lad in Coventry and he said it without cracking a lot without any hint of irony Jesus. on this morning going yeah they can't keep me out of school I'm the hardest kid in Coventry well that, that's that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> and were you there talking of episode one? We you you were there when I claimed I'd invented masturbation, weren't you? I don't remember it. I'm sure you were because it was down by the tennis court. Could have been. I think you were the one who took me to one side and said, "Really, Dave, come on, what are you doing? I don't, I don't, <laughs> Why are you claiming this?" I anyway. don't remember specifically. I mean, it's the sort of thing that you would have come out with. I, yeah, I grant you that. And I was, it, when I heard it I'm, in the first episode, I certainly didn't think. Oh, Dave's making this up. <laughs> well, why would you? <laughs> well, no, no, yeah. no, no reason. But, I mean, I could, Im I could imagine that I may have said that too, yeah. Um, so I, you, I don't remember. I'm sorry, I'm not, I don't remember. Or, well, everyone's got different things that they remember. Yeah. So you were so, you were mentioning, just because we, when we, we stopped for a quick break, um, a Spider-Man comic oh, yeah. incident. How, how did that go? Because I have no idea what you're talking oh, about. Oh, you so. don't remember? Well, I oh, might do I, if you're telling me. But. I thought you'd remember this. So your brother, who, what is he, about three or four years older Six than years you? older Six years older. Six years older, okay. So your brother was a bit older than you, and still is. And he had um, a Spider-Man comic that you really liked. And in the comic was... Uh, it was Dark Spider-Man, or one of Spider-Man's enemies, who was like death or something. He was, he was like this black... Characters Spawn, like, yeah, it could well have been. And it, this character was like completely inked in black in, in the comic and had like big, scary teeth. Yeah, Spawn, was, I think. Yeah, so anyway, and, and Spawn was like the, the evil. Well, actually, I don't want to definitely say it's Spawn. It but anyway, it's anyway some, yeah, yeah. some really evil character from Spider Man that, that was really cool. But in this episode, it was some episode, and it's been used a hundred times in comics. Um, where the characters have to face their biggest biggest fears. And there was a whole page, you know when you're having a comic book, it's normally cut, chopped up into little blocks. Then occasionally that whole page with one scene so when they want to really make a point. And the, the dark character, Spawn, or maybe not Spawn, or Dark Spider-Man, was having to face his biggest fears, but his biggest fear was like this Technicolor, Dayglow, Happy Bunny Dreamland. There was all that little little Care Bear things in pink and green dancing around and he was he was like with his hands there going no and it was like you know like a little thing was handing him an, an easter egg and it, it was like you know some like happy happy dream time and he hated it because that was his biggest fear because he was so episode, evil yeah. and you loved it it was your favourite comic but when you're 9 or 10 or whatever we were that makes it a good idea to take your favourite comic and read it on the banks of the river <laughs> so we're there and I think we'd had like we'd each bought a kind of coke and we'd gone and like got your brother's favourite comic and we were sitting there reading it by the banks of the river and I was reading it and I went to put it down on the bank of the river but the bank of the river was too sheer and it just went 
and just slid down into the river and I was so embarrassed because I knew that like one it wasn't yours two despite it not being yours it was one of your most prized possessions <laughs> and I knew that we I mean nowadays you would just order another copy of the same comic but in those days it was difficult to get things yeah. like that again once they've been published they were all was, American like, it was all, yeah, as well it was yeah, yeah. Bomb to get things and you didn't have any money when you're little you, you like you'd bought your can of coke you didn't have any money for just like like if I, if I lost my favorite DVD now or if I taped over my Akira now, I'll just order another one off the internet. It cost me next to nothing, and yeah. it'd be really easy to get, but it wasn't the same then. And um, I felt terrible. Yeah, and you were pretty upset. I mean, you didn't hold it against me, in fairness. You were upset, but you didn't like. You didn't really think it was my fault. It was just one of those things. Well, that, well, a rare moment of being reasonable in my life. Yeah, that, that wasn't. That, we didn't have big ructions over it, but I felt bad. So I gave you a, a comic which had old, you know, anime a lot cartoons that would have been done in like 1984 to 88 in Japan but they were doing it in the early 90s because we were just catching on to it yeah. and I had an episode of that with Akira in and that was the closest thing I had that could try and make it alright so I gave you my copy of my anime magazine that had Akira in and said I'm really sorry but you can have this and it did have a cool episode of Akira and it was some cool frames but it wasn't as good as the Spawn or Dark Spider-Man getting his I wonder was it not wasn't it it wasn't the Judge Dredd meets Batman comic was it could have been. Maybe it wasn't Spider-Man at all. I think it, it might have been Judge Dredd because it was Judge Death came through. I think, yeah, that's that's right, that's right, that's yeah, right. That sounds that's right. right to me, yeah. Judge, yeah, Judge Death. Yeah, so it was and the he had like judge, a... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he didn't... That, I think you're right. And it was probably... Because it sounds like the special power that the Scarecrow has got. Yeah, scarecrow that makes sense. Because I've, I've, that's not what I remember, but I've seen things since with the scarecrow I think it was the scarecrow I could believe Batman versus Judge Dredd That's, that sounds right yeah because yeah. when he when, when Judge Death came into the, our world he had to find all of these things that were like equivalent of what he had in his world and he had like this mm. fucking disgusting rotting chicken on his really? shoulder and stuff it was great so that went in the river south wow we did fish it out but it was, it was too late it was never going to be the same again do you remember any other things like that from like uh, what, what moments sort of stand out to you I remember you having a broomstick or something and practising your sword fighting because you were so into Lord of the Rings <laughs> sounds right getting a lot of stick off some of the cooler kids who like football and things who couldn't work out what you wanted to do sword fighting and you getting a bit upset trying <laughs> to hit them with a broomstick that was your sword I remember that sounds, um, sounds right right I remember running around the maze with my distant cousin Andrew who was at school with us for a couple of years. Where's the maze? Oh, so you come out of my mum's house, you go up the hill, you get to your mum's house, you turn right onto the green. Yeah. And then there's the the, the gym, which probably wasn't a gym then, and the, and the, the trampy flat roof pub and the trampy shop. Behind there is an estate where there's no, you know, you know there's estates where none of the houses are on a road, they're yeah. on their own little solid greens. Because they had, they had the pyramid down there, didn't they? Or is that a different part? They had all these weird little constructions. It's one of them, was it? Like weird little. No, I don't remember that. Well, anyway, know. it's it's just one of these estates where if you don't know the estate, you just couldn't find your way around because it doesn't have any. None of the houses front onto the streets. They front onto alleys uh, and things. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I remember running around the maze with, like, say, my distant cousin Andrew, like my dad's second cousin's kid or something. Obviously, not a particularly vivid memory. <laughs> Someone started a fire, like a proper fire, like with like full rubbish bags like one of the kids that was around that was a lot cooler than us and a lot harder so then we did run run back to our nice mums and dads yeah. away from this fire that really wasn't our fault we really didn't want to get in trouble for it no. it really wasn't us i tell you what I remember now now we're talking I remember do you remember we are up in your bedroom and we were mucking around on the bunk beds oh, yeah. with your little brother yeah. and I sprayed him in the face with yeah. deodorant and he was choking yeah. and your mum came in and like was shouting at you and like saying Steve why have you doing it I remember just having like to stand there and going Mrs Weir it was me I did it and yeah that was horrible I remember that was a that you were upset about it really I said to you last time we talked about actually yeah yeah it really wasn't that much of a big deal well that's how it is with kid kid yeah. memories in it they're well, not a big deal in reality it's, it's not nice to get sprayed in the face with Georgia no it's I wouldn't really I'm not advocating it or defending no. it it was it was just one of those things I don't well, think my brother even remembers I'm sure he probably played it up I would have done oh he definitely did yeah yeah 100% yeah we were just messing around it wasn't I do remember it quite well <laughs> but it wasn't 
it's like a moment of like realizing that you have to take responsibility for things or your friends get in trouble for things that you, do you know what I mean because you were never going to grasp me up so I guess that's why it's stuck in my mind because I was like yeah. oh fuck I don't it wouldn't really, my mum wouldn't have really cared who'd done it that much to be honest it wouldn't have been that much of a big deal she'd have been more concerned about finding out what had happened, happened. and that he wasn't hurt and after that she would have just been generally annoyed with the three of us yeah. for shouting at each other and Behaving someone like getting upset and someone getting hurt do you know what I mean she wasn't wasn't really she liked you and she still does like you and she wasn't she would have just been generally annoyed that people were annoying each other and making you, noise in the house do you remember like playing was it was it Star Wars X X Wing versus Tie Fighter where we had a whole like a, a qwerty keyboard and everybody had a different part of the qwerty keyboard and we all had uh-huh. to like do like one person was doing guns and one person was doing uh-huh. you don't wow that uh, was your game yeah I, I like that game that must have been later though that must have been when you were back visiting maybe it was I'm pretty sure it would have been because that was oh, when I used to play that I was about fourteen now you moved to Cardiff by that point so I moved away yeah you went. I don't know, you probably remember better than me when we were about 13 or so. Yeah, 12 I think. 12, really? Yeah, I think it was like year 8, middle of year 8 I think. Okay. Because it was before options. Uh, yeah. So I was quite upset because we'd been put in like the trampiest cheer group. And um, there was me and you and then everyone else. Yeah. And then there was me and everyone else. And they considered moving me out of that cheer group and they never quite got round to it. But. Like yeah. Our other friends were in different classes, weren't they? Yeah. Yeah. So that was a shame when you left, because, um, you know, we were firm mates. I didn't, I didn't really have best mate after that, to be honest, in school. I did fine at school, and I wasn't bullied or unhappy. Well, not, nothing serious, you know what I mean? I think everyone finds school a bit miserable at times, but I was certainly a lot more solitary after you left than I was before, because... Well, you're my best mate, and then you went. So yeah, that's to be expected, really. Yeah, I mean, I solitary for a few years till I found some other mates, but I had to find mates really because I had a really fucking hard time in the next secondary school I went into. Yeah. So I think uh, it's hard to be solitary in in that kind of situation. You have yeah. to kind of find people. And we kept in contact for quite a while. Yeah, we did. You came to see me in Cardiff. Yeah, if you, I used to like coming to you. It was a bit of a shame, really, actually, because when I used to go and see you in Cardiff, we used to have a lot of fun because your mum would let us drink if we wanted to. You had a lot more... Um, you had, you're into more varied music. You had more mates that were into different music. There's more things to do. Yeah, Cardiff's quite good fun, uh, even though I think... Coventry is actually about the same size or even slightly bigger than Cardiff. I think it is bigger. Cardiff's pretty small. Yeah, because Cardiff is the capital of Wales. There's a lot more going on. Yeah, it's wicked. So it was always good fun going to see you in Cardiff, but I always felt a bit bad in the, in the, the other years when you used to come back and see me in Coventry. Because I didn't used to do anything during some holidays, really. I didn't used to go out and do things. I used to do things during school. But then in the holidays, I just used to have time at home. We just used to be sitting around my mum's house and going to see my grandparents so it's like you see my grandparents and that was yeah. good but it was nowhere near as cool as when we went to see Cardiff when I went to see you in Cardiff I think had we been much sensible we would have just decided that I would come and see you in Cardiff because it was like my fault. but then on the other hand there probably were people in Coventry that you still wanted to see well your bro- your little brother was nice to see and he was just starting to get into music because that's the thing we simultaneously got into music in different cities didn't we really yeah that's true that was a bit, that was strange because I don't think we'd had a single conversation about music no. before you left no way and it just just happened independently at the same time we both started being interested in listening to music and then a little bit later in playing music which was completely alien to me I was my brother was a musician I was never any never showed any aptitude for it whatsoever and, and I can't even really remember what made me decide to in the end but well, eventually someone asked me to be in a band, that was it. And I hadn't done any, I'd, I'd never picked up an instrument, but someone said, because I was tall, Rachel asked me to play bass for a band, even though I'd never touched this instrument. She said, you'll be fine, you can just learn the basics and you can fill in for my band. And I think it was, then I don't think I actually ended up going into that band, although I did eventually join the band with Rachel, but that was, 
I was 17 by that point. I think it was, I did a lot in between. I just decided that that if she thought I could do it, she was probably right and started trying to teach myself and did quite well. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I, I don't know why I got into music. I think I got into music because of friends were into music and because I was in choir and stuff and just seemed like a logical way to go, I guess. Yeah. And I mean, I, was, I got into it through the lyrics and that, really, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It's much more satisfying to to sing the poetry that you're writing when you're a teenager than to oh, definitely. show people. It's, well, <laughs> poetry is a hard gig. Yeah, well, I've given that up pretty much now. Really? I just write lyrics. Well, yeah, it's just... I've, you know a good song when you hear it, whereas I wouldn't know a good poem if it slapped me around the face repeatedly. I just, uh, I just don't get it. There isn't much of an audience for it now. That's really my. Pro- that's, I guess, yeah. why I've drifted away from it. Yeah. I do like it, but I, uh, I, I want to write stuff that's alive, and I kind of sometimes feel like poetry's time's over, you know. And it, I don't know. Maybe it isn't. Sure, it's probably not. It's, it is with me. It never started with me. <laughs> well, never, yeah. Never had any interest in it whatsoever. Yeah, I guess. Apart from when they made you at school, um, but. Yeah, songs are much more fun. People are really to listen to songs within reason. Yeah. Whereas poems, <laughs> it's, an, it's uphill. Well, you, yeah, you can say different sorts of things in songs as well. You can have um, a, you can have kind of mundane lyrics and give them great, great melody, and it and it means a hell of a lot more. Whereas yeah. poetry has to be perfectly, like, perfectly phrased to say what it's saying. But by doing that, you can't say some things because you can't sort of say the the less, the more realistic stuff in a way. It has to be all high and important, high yeah. status in a way, I think. Yeah. Anyway, that's a slight diversion. Yeah. So I don't, can't, can't, don't have that much to say about poetry. No, I don't get it. Th- that's fine. So you came to see me in well, Cardiff. I came to see you in Cardiff and you came to see me in Coventry. Yeah. And then I came to see you in Lancaster once. That's right, in university. When, yeah, when you just started university. I, but I hang on to university because I, I had a place at Lancaster, which was just a coincidence as well. I had a place offered to me at Lancaster, but I didn't want to go because I didn't want to do physics. I didn't think I would last very long. And my dad says that when we went to visit Lancaster, he thought the, the campus looked quite nasty, but I actually thought it looked okay. You know, it is quite concrete but I quite liked the way everything was sort of gathered around that little square. I thought it was quite exciting that it had a, a coach station underneath the central square yeah, of the university. That's I thought that cool. was quite cool. So I didn't have a problem with that, but I was more more put off by, I mean, because by that point I was 18 and I had decided I was going to be a musician of some sort. I remember talking to a guy at Lancaster Physics Department who wore socks like my granddad. And he was saying to me, come and do physics here. <laughs> the funny thing is, they didn't even offer me real physics, they offered me the single physics studies because I wasn't doing, because I was, school was easy for me up till GCSEs. I just walked through it. I knew, I found it easy to take stuff in and easy to, to put it back down and apply the principles in it. Yeah, in me too. GCSE paper, dead straightforward. A level was a lot harder and I wasn't that interested in a lot of ways. I didn't know what I wanted to do, but it wasn't school. And um, I played up a lot during that time didn't go to school when I should have done and gave my mum dad a hard time which was a bit out of order but these things happened but so my grades weren't particularly good but they were still willing to take me but I just said to him I, I don't I don't want to come here because I, I don't think it'd be very good for doing music and I want to do music and he was saying oh we can take care of your music ambitions here we've got a rehearsal room and things but it wasn't I mean, I didn't go, but the main reason I didn't go was because I just thought it was a bad idea. I don't think it would have lasted very long. I was a very, very young 18. You know, some people at 18, you meet them, and uh, I don't know, you meet people when you're in bands, like from 18, 19 onwards, you meet people, you're gigging with bands that are that age, and some of them are kids, but others, they're fully grown people, and yeah. they're fully developed as human beings. Well, I certainly wasn't. I was a mess at 18, and I was quite a fair bit better at 20, but not not that much better and I did end up going to university at 20 miles. So you went to university later but you did come to see me in the yeah, yeah. first year. I did come to see you. Well, in I've, between the first year of my yeah, university so and secondary. So you moved off the campus and you were living in a house. With 10 other people. Was it that big? Yeah. I remember it being big but no, it was when nine I came to you there was ten. you there. Yeah that's right. It was amazing we had the run of this massive house. Because I, st- I, yeah, I stayed in that house in all of the holidays. Most people went home so yeah. I had the 
yeah the run of that house yeah and that was good it was just me and you see now that's this is an interesting thing because this is like when we lo- like went out lost contact with each yeah. other I mean it, I didn't consciously do that but it did happen and I don't know why exactly mm. all, all I can't remember specifically I mean all I know is we we bought a massive box of beer and we drank that massive box of beer and we were l- lining them up on the window yeah and we got very drunk obviously because we were drinking all this beer and I just remember like getting just so fucked that I didn't know who I was or <laughs> what was going on See. and so I sort of felt like maybe we didn't have anything to say to each other because we had got really fucked but I think it was the opposite yeah, I couldn't see, say anything because I was fucked I think we said plenty to each other it's just that we didn't remember by the end of it I, I, I had a pretty good time I mean that was my um, that was my way of doing things at the time me and my mates would just get together and get absolutely just destroy brain cells wantonly and that was the thing to do and that was what I liked to do and um, I had quite a good time do you remember that was the I left your house on the Thursday maybe and the September the 11th attacks were the Saturday was it Saturday no what day of the week was it I'm not sure what anyway, day it was about two days before I, I yeah that's right because I went two to York after. I went to York just after you mm. after to see Jen yeah because uh, you just met Jen that's right and we, yeah we'd be going out for a couple of like for a for a few months mm. and you showed me a lot of the hair that you were very pleased with wow you did it fucking hell I don't even remember I don't know, don't know where that lock of hair is now uh, at the time you wouldn't be it was your prized possession I imagine it was I remember yeah. at one point it was on the VCR and it had fallen off onto the floor and I said, oh, it's fallen onto the floor, and you, you quickly put it back into its pride of place where you could gaze at it. <laughs> Sounds about right. I didn't drink much beer before that. Oh, right. I, I do now drink beer more, but I didn't drink beer when I was growing up, strangely. I oh, right. drank a lot of alcohol, but I didn't drink beer. It used to make me throw up after just one sip, so I, I didn't really see the point in carrying on doing it. And I just built up a little bit of a tolerance. Oh, I see. So, oh, yeah. We could have got some house, you should have said. Yeah, no, well, I, don't, I didn't mind. I, I, was yeah. en- I enjoyed it. I remember that it week. It was gross, I think. It was. Yeah. I remember specifically. I remember that week being so drunk that I could feel the drunkness and, like, in, inside of my ears. Can you, do you know what I mean? You're so drunk that you feel yeah. drunk, even inside your ears. I, I have such really <laughs> hazy memories of that time. And that, Yeah, and then I don't know what happened because, I mean, we just didn't communicate with each other. No, I don't. I well, what would have happened? I'm just trying to think what I'd have been doing. I went into my second year of college then because I was doing a 16-year-old's music course at the age of nearly 20. No, that's not right. Well, yeah, I'm exaggerating a bit. So normally you would have gone onto it at 16. I went into it at 18. So I was doing music at college. It was really good. I loved it because it was just. It was the 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 teachers there were quite relaxed, and, and the point of the course was if you could run a reasonably successful band and organise it properly, rehearse properly, arrange for you to do recordings, arrange to promote your gigs and put posters up and have a website, which was still a relatively new thing for, well, not a new thing for a band to do, but a relatively big deal for a band to have a website. It's not now, it's obviously the first thing you do, pretty much. I was in a band at the time that we were quite well organised and we did a lot of things so basically I was just being sponsored to be in a band not that it's not financially sponsored but that was my education was turning up to college maybe three days a week yeah. using the college rehearsal room and being in a band and writing songs and, and putting gigs on and that was great and I, I <laughs> that, guess, was my, that was my full time education was being in a band well I guess parallel to that I was setting up a theatre company mm. so maybe we were just too busy with our new projects Oh, I, was, I was completely obsessed with exactly that. and I was pretty obsessed with the theatre company so maybe we just sort of let it, yeah, let I, it fall away like that yeah I was, I was completely obsessed with that man I remember being I used to go up to I, I don't want to say the name of that because it was a terrible band name I regret it to this day um, <laughs> I used to go to a pub and I used to go to order a pint and, in, and like, on the tip of my tongue instead of saying I'll have a pint would be <laughs> the band name how obsessed <laughs> I was with that band and I used to go to put my money in the, uh, the slot for the bus instead of saying 120 please whatever at the time I would go to say the name of the band it was like literally the first thing I was, I was so obsessed with that band wow a lot of people quite like it I listen back now I think it's terrible my brother um, I thought the, it was quite good I, I remember hearing a few songs from it. I'm probably being a bit harsh but 
my brother and the other lad that was in the band sort of look back on it fondly but I don't particularly I was just a jumped up little 19 year old that thought I was God's gift to um, to music and people liked our band and we did a lot of gigs and people liked our songs but on my opinion of ourselves as a band was far beyond what we really were as a band. That's how it should be in a way. I suppose. If you don't believe in your band then yeah. how, how can you go but, forward? But the other thing is the other two, I don't know if all of them will hear this, hopefully not, the other two have never really been in band since. I mean I've been the entire time pretty much. So I don't sit around thinking about the old days. I've always had my own going concerns. Whereas those two sort of we go, oh, you know, it wasn't it great, weren't we good, what good times. I don't really feel the need to do that because I've carried on and just because neither of those two really stuck with it. My brother's done a lot of stuff just on his own, just singing and playing guitar, but I don't think, personally, I don't think that's anywhere near as interesting as being in a band. No, I agree with that, that's why I'm trying to find one at the moment. I yeah. do like this, I do think your blueprint for a new band is interesting. My blueprint, yeah, yeah, yeah. If anybody's hearing this and they want to get in a band with me, let me know. But, um, Re repeat the blueprint for, the, for your band. Well, it's a band that plays gigs in a front room, my front room probably, and it's released as a podcast, so you get the experience of playing live, and you invite the kind of the people who would come and see you live, which are your friends, and they don't have to pay a stupid amount of money to a promoter who doesn't care about running a night and they get to have a good night and you so you've got a nice audience feel for the podcast and you get your friends on to support you and they do some songs and you are always releasing new material so you every week if it's weekly I probably I think it'll probably be a couple of like double like every two weeks or something weekly seems a bit rash um, yeah or even monthly it might even be because you don't want to wear out your patience with your friends <laughs> and that's the idea that it will be an internet band and it will be released over mm. podcast and YouTube simultaneously mm. it does sound really good well ho hopefully it will come off I've got a few people interested you I'm have. advertising again now yeah I've got somebody who's going to be on the show who may have may have been on already or maybe in the future is, is probably going to be uh, in the band and I've got okay. some people from before but yeah. I think I, I've had, I had a sort of parallel to that as well like the, the band I was in at school I think is more important to the people who I was in the band with because they haven't had us had other going concerns as much afterwards. Wow, I don't know where this music is coming from. It's from a car, but it is uh, it's clicking in when we're talking about. So anyway, we didn't speak then for years. I did email you at one point, and you told me you didn't want to be my mate. Did I? I didn't take it personally. I remember going on, it was when Friends... Friends Reunited. Friends Reunited was a big thing. And I went on Friends Reunited and um, just to sneer at people that I didn't want to see anymore. And I, I was surprised that you were on there and I thought, oh, Dave's on Friends Reunited. I've not seen Dave in ages. So I thought, I'll oh, contact him. So I emailed you and said, hi Dave, how you doing? I've not seen you for like four years, but I'd like to hear from you. And you emailed me back saying, I think we've grown apart. Last time I saw you, we just got really drunk and I didn't like it. I don't think we have very much to say to each other. So... Um, well, I'm sorry, but that's how I feel. Yeah. I didn't take it personally. I thought it was a bit... I thought... Ah. I don't really know why I came to that conclusion, I have to say. <laughs> I I didn't take it personally. I just thought, well, I'll leave him to it for a bit. I was on a training course for work when I received that, that mm. communication. Well, when I sent that email, I was um, mm. I was on a training course getting my U European computer driver's licence. Oh, right, and yeah. uh, it's so easy to do that I was bored, so I ah. was on, on my emails. So you um, thought you'd email your mates and say you didn't want to see them anymore. Well, I don't know, <laughs> why, I don't know why I didn't. I don't know why I didn't want to see you. I think I don't know. I think I thought there was. I thought I think I thought there were a lot more complications in the way that our friendship was than there actually was. I do think you overthink things sometimes, Dave. I this said is, this to you recently in response to. This has been said to me many times. I think you overthink things. Just sometimes. on Saturday, someone was saying really. To me, yeah. <laughs> That's quite funny. Well, I didn't. I didn't. I wasn't very. I didn't enjoy receiving this email from you saying. I basically saying I don't really feel the need to be your mate anymore. But I didn't take it personally. I just thought Dave's overthinking things again as usual. Well, I'm. I'm glad that you had the uh, the ability to to, to 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 see it in the context of an assessment of my character. But I'm. I'm sorry that I did that. That's I don't fine. really know why I did it. it. Really wasn't a big deal. But yeah. I thought I'd mention it. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I, I think you should. I, I, I thought you were going to, so I'm glad that you did. But luckily, the uh, 
the, the internet saved our friendship. Again, how, second how did you time. Like that? Yeah, I know. Well, no, the first time. The first time it's it's split it up, I guess, yeah. and then. I probably was <laughs> late. Wow. You getting into using the because I joined Bandam in now sequins in two thousand and six, and um, that was a time when the internet had reached the point where it was just the easiest thing ever for any band to publicise themselves on the internet. MySpace was massive. Yeah. It seems ridiculous now. I know. I, you know, when I joined the sequence, I'd never heard of YouTube or MySpace. Yeah. I'd never heard of it because I didn't have any need of it. I was playing in bands at that point. I was playing in a band that sounded like David Gray, of all things. Oh my just because that's what someone asked me to be in, because I came back from university and um, the, the head of my music course, his daughter was going out with one of my mates, so I was still in touch with him and he said, oh, um, you know, this lad is putting a band together, you're a really good bass player, you'd be in this band, and it sounded like David Gray, and um, it's not what I would have done for fun, but we made a demo. One of the most famous bands from Coventry is The Specials, and their producer was a guy called Roger Lomas, and we made a demo with Roger Lomas, and it's still probably the, the most professional recording that I've ever recorded on. He's got this amazing studio, just, you would never know it was there on a street in Coventry you go down this boring normal street go through in this boring normal house you go through the back and he's got this big double garage that's been converted to you you go in there there's a picture of him with Ozzy Osbourne picture of him with holding his BAFTA award and all this and we did this massive sound you know bit good recording sound big don't they if you yeah. do a cheap open it sounds tinny and little we did this massive recording of this band that sounded like David Gray. I used to play fretless bass right and they put loads of chorus on my fretless bass it sounded like like a second-rate Jacko Pastorius, so, but I mean that was the sort of band I was in before that I got asked to join Sequins, and um, so I'd never heard of MySpace or YouTube, and I joined this band, and these were university lads, so these are Cov lads, this band, or well, the drummer was, which is how I got asked to join the band, right. and they were very clever lads, they still are very clever lads, and they were really good at using the internet to get gigs and get publicised their music and they'd have, I mean they'd have two singles out by that point. Yeah yeah which I was just I was just green with envy and I found out the bass player had left and I was just I didn't I didn't I, they'll probably know I'm here this I don't know but I wasn't even that asked about the music to be honest. I just thought <laughs> they're people like them and they've had two singles and they need a bass player. I was like I'll do that. I really wanted to do it and then so, and funnily enough, the, the, the lad who was my, my mate in that band, I didn't know the rest of them, the lad who was my mate, I found out afterwards, about a year later, didn't want me to join the band, and we ended up having a big argument in the car on the way back from London on a gig. And um, uh, Justin, who's a guitar player, who's still in the band now, was driving along going, ha ha ha, so you know what Steve, ha ha, because he laughed over everything he says, ha ha, you know what Steve, ha ha, Brendan didn't want you to be in the band, ha ha ha. And then we decided to drop this bombshell, driving back from London on the way back from the gig. Oh, and, uh, and then. Brendan said, well, it's true, but there's no need for you to talk about it. Brendan hadn't wanted me to be in the band because I never took the trouble to go to any of the gigs, which was a, a fair criticism. So I, I, I basically, it was, it was a mercenary thing. There was this band, my mate was the drummer. They were doing well. They were very good at, at you know, creating and getting attention for their music. They'd managed to somehow have two singles released on vinyl, real singles. They were a real band and I was just, it was just mercenary. I just thought they need a bass player, and you know, arrogantly thought there aren't that many bass players in Coventry as good as me. Well, there probably aren't any. You know, I'll, I'll, they'll probably follow on it. I can probably get that job, and they did. But I digress. Yeah. So, and you, how, who, you contacted me, was it through MySpace? Or no, I think you contacted did me. I contact I think you? What, what you'd done was gone back through all your old contacts. MySpace is based around an email address, yeah. so you'd gone back through your old contacts and, found and out shoved, who they, yeah, yeah, yeah. shoved their email address into MySpace to see what MySpace is called. And the MySpace yeah. for that band that I was talking about before that will remain yeah, nameless. Yeah, the one that we're not naming. Yeah. And you said you you really liked it and you got in touch. And then I was listening to that was in the very early days of Apple's for everyone, I believe. Probably, yeah. And so you. You know, you I said, oh yeah, that's not really my proper band anymore. I'm in sequins, and you like the sequins. And I remember you used to do like the Dave recommends and send emails to the Dave mailing list saying the Dave recommends yeah. the sequins. And I remember you sending the email, the Dave recommends the sequins. And we had our room, um, uh, we did a photo shoot with the sequins at the time where we wrapped ourselves in tin foil. And um, I remember you sent the email around to all your mates saying listen to sequins. And that was when we got back in touch was because we were both in bands and it's dead easy for bands to keep in touch via the internet. So then we were back 
BMH scan, and then we probably just emailed each other a few. Like every time we'd done some new recordings, I'd probably you'd probably send me what you'd done, I'd send me what you did, and then eventually you played a gig last year. Yeah, last year in the Notting Hill Arts Club. Yeah, it's a good place. Though. It is wicked. I, I played there that. as well. It was yeah. wicked, and that was a good gig as well. Yeah. So that was, and then that's when we met again. Yeah, that's and now when we met again. we're in contact. Now we've come to get better acquainted. That's right, and, and you're like the yeah, and you're like the uh, the main responder to uh, the other podcast I do for <laughs> yeah, yeah. in the room. You're practically the f- the fourth member. You do more work for it sometimes, <laughs> I think, than, than some of the other people involved. This thought has occurred to me. <laughs> yeah. like, I gather, you know, from some of your messages that you don't get that much support from me. It has crossed my mind. Not always. Yeah, I mean, you've certainly written more blogs for the for the four days in the room blog yeah. uh, than they have. Cool. Well, that sort of rounds everything off for this episode of uh, Getting Better Acquainted. Nearly got mixed up there pretty well, really. The, the last question that I ask is, have you got anything that you want to plug? Mm. And well, I suppose I've already mentioned the sequins. Check um, out the sequins. What's their what's the website? www.thesequins.co.uk So, surprising. It's as simple as that. <laughs> I'm trying to think if I should be plugging anything else. But probably... No, probably not. Okay. I, I'm lazy now. I'm only in one band. Well, used to, used to you can call it about a, about four bands. You can call my, that focused. Yeah. Well, I've just got other things to do. I like being in one band that's good, <laughs> rather than lots of bands that aren't. Lots of great. bands that aren't great. Yeah. Yeah. I'm. I come. Yeah. I'm always still in lots of bands, but uh, one day I'll, I'll I'll maybe maybe be able to get to a point where I can be focused in. But mm. uh, we'll see. Well, it took me a long time. <sighs> it, well, it's, I like I get bored in one thing as well. Like I'm, I think I'm a bit different from you in that respect. Like mm. I, I need lots of diff- I get bored of one thing if I don't change it up a lot. So it's, yeah, it's been a pleasure getting better acquainted with you. Yeah, and uh, do you want to say goodbye to the audience? Goodbye. Bye bye. <laughs> that episode of Four Days in a Room. No, I've done it again. That episode of Getting Better Acquainted was recorded over a year ago and lots of things have happened in that time. I went to visit Steve in Coventry, went back to Coventry and we recorded a GBA special about Coventry together. That'll be coming out next Friday. Another thing that's happened since then is that sadly the band that Steve was in, The Sequins, has gone its separate ways. I still think there's some Sequins things out there so I'll link to that in the show notes, but the band is no more. Steve's in the middle of getting other projects together. He will be having another band very soon, but at the moment he hasn't got anything going on. Also, the podcast that we were talking about, Four Days in a Room, that's now ended. I've stopped putting that out. It's only available as highlights now. If you weren't listening to it at the time like Steve was, then you missed it. But you can get the highlights and I'll link to that. The band that me and Steve were talking about that I've been setting up is kind of happening. It's really starting. We did our first gig as a duo. The band is going to be called A Room Full of Friends and I'm going to play a track that we recorded live at the Leicester Square Theatre after the outro music as a kind of extra to this episode. Thanks for listening. Bye for now. You can find it on Facebook. It's Getting Better Acquainted. Have a search on Facebook and like it. Or you can find it on the website www.gettingbetteracquainted.co.uk You can also subscribe by searching on iTunes and subscribing to us that way. And on the Stitcher Smart Radio app that you can download for your smartphone from stitcher.com or through the App Store. There are lots of ways to get better acquainted.
in the sudden wind, the storm is coming, and I can feel it in my bones. I know we'll end up broken bones. I know we'll end up broken. Oh 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 Please let, let this heal my bones.